Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. What do you think of... Uh, Shall we... Oh, your hair. Punks, punks, like, punks like blood pinks. Punks, punks like pink, pink peepers. <laughs> what is that line from Grace? What? Punks. Punks love pinks. You know. Oh, the pink ladies. Pink ladies. I'm a pink lady now. Okay, well, welcome to Chickstry. Uh, this is Annie Potatoes coming to you live from... Um, Not live, re- well, pre-recorded. Pre-recorded, live from, from her lounge room with a cup of tea. I've got a... I've got a licorice tea here. It's my favourite tea. That that cool. Oh, I love it. Oh, you okay? It's not the AstraZeneca, I promise. What have you done? It's it's just a really heavy cramp in my leg. Are you sure? It won't stop. Oh, my God. Are you okay? It's stopping. It's stopping. It's stopping. Okay. Oh, I've got to take some more magnesium. Okay. And who are you? Oh, sorry. I'm Evie fucking Painful Jones. Thanks for coming. Oh, Welcome. I'm old. How are you? I'm I'm getting over the flu number two this mm. winter, which is great. Um, yeah, we've only just gotten into winter. And I've been sick twice <laughs> already. Well. I'm doing really well. Uh, went for my... Second COVID test last week. I'm negative. It's all good. Uh, and can I just say, don't listen to the news. No. Because <laughs> there isn't two-hour waits at, at every COVID testing yeah. place. And, look, it made me put it off for a little while because I thought, I don't want to sit in my car for two hours. But then I looked around, I did some research, I drove you know, a few kilometres past my five-kilometre radius, which you're allowed to for a COVID test. Yeah, you are. And I got straight in at Brighton. So Yeah, that's right, you did. I went to Brighton. And I just put up on my um, – because we've, we've got a WhatsApp group with our Melbourne yeah. friends and yeah. I got my um, vaccine today and so many people can't get through the hotline and, mm. you know, um, mm. wondering whether we can go to other people's GPs and – the answer to that is yes, and I just yes. put up a thing from Miff Warhurst. She just got hers at the showgrounds Rounds, in yep. Melbourne and straight she in. walked straight in. So this is probably going to be really late for a lot of people, but although we no. this will be out on Thursday and we're only recording this on Monday, so yeah. if you still haven't got a jab, um, yep. you, there are a lot of places you can go and you can go outside your five kilometre. You can. And I got, got into your doctor on Friday yeah. because my doctor had a two-week waiting period. I couldn't get through for the life of me on the line, on the hotline. So yeah. your advice today to one of our friends was to ring around and to ask yeah, local. local, your local GP. Um, and if you are eligible, go and get the jab. Yeah, just get it done. Just get it done. Oh, the amount of anti-vaxxers that are already driving me insane. And I've weeded out a lot of my profiles. Mm, um, mm-hmm, I mm. find that all of the things that you believe in, if you say them on your social medias, yeah, 
it's a really easy and quick way <laughs> to to cull yeah. your following. Yeah. Like yeah. to find out who is – yeah. I guess, you know, like just people that you don't need in your world. Yeah. And I know that that's a whole preaching to the choir kind of thing, but I'm okay with that. Good to do a little cleanse like that. Stay with the weird, yeah. Do a little Um, cleanse, you know. When oh, so you're going to my doctor? I am. Mm -hmm. Oh, good, because you'll get the lovely nurse, the um, receptionist, Maddie's lovely, and I always forget the nurse's name, and she's so great. And we always have these huge chats about um, streaming services and shows we're watching, just like you and I do. Yeah. So I said to her today, "Are you watching Mayor of Easttown?" And she goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I am." I said, "The last." Episode starts is out today. No, I need to watch it. And I said I've already seen it because I watched it last yeah. week, yeah. unedited. Shh. It's not worth watching an unedited version. But can you, when you see her on Friday, go oh ho 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 from Mayor Evie? Mayor of Easttown. <laughs> okay. She told me okay. who she thinks the killer is. Yes, okay. and I gave her nothing. Okay, I said okay. okay. I said we will discuss next time I come in. Okay, okay. But you'll be able to say to her. Mm. I'll tell you after you've watched the episode what to say to her because you'll have both watched the episode then. Yes, okay. And you'll well, both I'm going to watch it today, which is Monday. Who do you think is the okay. killer? I think that it can't be the brother who's the dad because that's too obvious. Which one's the brother, the young guy who the was young covered guy. in blood? Yes, yes. Yep, I think okay. that's because too why? obvious. I think it's too obvious. Okay. Yep. yep. I think that the friends, um, and sorry if you haven't watched Mayor of Easttown, but if you have, yay. Enjoy. Enjoy. Um I don't think it's the friend. I mean, the yeah, the, the best friend and the boyfriend because, again, two ofs. Um, I think it's going to be someone random like, and it's not the priest. Um, I yeah, think, that's too obvious. I'm feeling like it could be the the husband who had the affair, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the brother of the brother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So this is that's we'll what I'm thinking. I've been reading mm. a few people saying they think it's Zabel and the nurse today thinks it's Zabel. Zabel. As well, and I hadn't thought well before I watched the end I hadn't thought of that. Mm. Again, not giving away anything saying that. Or but, um, or Guy Pierce. Yeah, that was um a big one I mm. had with my friend Ben who I watched it with last week. We were both actually from about episode 4 going, why is he there? Yeah. Yes. Like, why is he there? Yes. We actually started to um, theorise maybe he's, um, you know, Mare's grandson. Yes. She's having the um, custody Custody, battles with the Mm -hmm, mother. mm -hmm. We thought maybe he's her dad in real life. Like, not in real life, sorry, in the show. Like, and he's, and she just. You know, he's come back to do something and in revenge for her because of how she was treated. Also, side note, do you know that girl, the mum, sorry, the the mum of the little boy, Mm, that actress? She looks familiar, but no. Yeah, looks very familiar. She Mm. is the daughter of L.A. Hollywood royalty, absolute royalty. Who? Longest probably one of the longest successful relationships in Hollywood. 
and she looks a bit like both of them. Oh. I can't think of any successful relationships in Hollywood. Yeah, I know. It's hard, <laughs> isn't it? Who? <laughs> Who is it? It's uh, Kevin Bacon and Kara Sedgwick's daughter. Oh, my Her gosh. name is Bacon Sedgwick. <laughs> oh, God. Her name's Bacon Sandwich. <laughs> Her name is Sosie. Isn't that a cool name? Sosie Bacon. Yeah, God, she really does look like Kevin Bacon now. and Kira Sedgwick now I think about it. She's yes. a great amalgamation yes. of those two. Yes. Very, very talented girl. In the last episode you'll see even more. Yeah. Um, okay. But how good was she, you know, with the bath scene? Yes. Oh, God, yes. Oh, that got you, didn't it? Anyway, this is boring if you haven't watched um, yeah, sorry about that. so we'll just maybe. Hopefully they've just move on. fast forwarded it a little yeah. as they were listening going, oh, no, still talking about yeah. it, 30 seconds. <laughs> okay, oh, still talking about 30 seconds. Yeah. I'm moving. You are moving. Closer to me. So we will discuss that at another time. You are. Congratulations on your new house. Thank you. We'll pop the address up on Instagram just for. Can I just can I just tell that story that little bit that little funny story about the real estate agent? Of course you can. The current tenants are friends of ours, and I had said to them from the moment I saw their house, I want this house, I want it, I need it. This is my house. You did. I knew that was my house, mm-hmm. and they always thought I was a bit crazy. Anyway, it turns out they had gone and bought. A, they've just bought a house, and they have a lease that they needed to break. So we were like, oh my god. Evie's perfect because mm, she's mm. not so crazy after all because now we can really utilise her. Um, so we were like praying that it was going to be a really seamless handover and um, he let the real estate agent know. The real estate agent sent him the forms that I needed to fill out. He forwarded them to me. I filled them out like five minutes flat and f- straight back to her. And then uh, she called me the next night. She goes like, I've got to tell, I've got to talk to you about something, and I was like, Oh no, it's the dogs. You know, I'm I'm just completely yeah. being really honest in in that. You know, Victoria's got very different rules. Sissy, speaking of, you don't need to lick that forever. Hey, thank you. You're beautiful. Um, <laughs> she goes. I was like, Oh fuck, what, what, what? She goes, Your dad and my dad are best friends. It's incredible, isn't it? And I'm yeah. like, who? And she said, Henry. And I was like, what? So we talked for like an hour about we just caught yeah. up in life and it was just actually gave me tears. I was like, oh, my dad really appreciates your dad now. They're both in retirement. My dad's got dementia. And so he, I think he calls Henry every day. Oh, that's so Thank good. Thank God Henry, really. Did you grow up with her and her dad? No. Like from- no, this no. was uh, before we were born, mum and dad lived in Melbourne. It was funny, um, bef- like they were travelling the country on their honeymoon. Wow. And Melbourne was their first stop and um, Tasmania I think was the second and then they fell pregnant with Matthew and that was it. Wow. Honeymoon over, back to Sydney. That's incredible. I love that. Yeah. Love this. Yeah. It's meant to be. See, you knew it. You yeah. knew it in your bones. And she was like, by the end of the conversation, she goes, oh, yeah, the house is yours. I know I know everything about you. Yeah. <laughs> and I said to her, well, if I can't pay rent, just call my dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you're enjoying this episode, which 
we know you probably are, let's face it. Um, can you do us a favour and subscribe? Mm. Review us? Mm. What else, Evie? Give us five stars. Oh, five stars, please. Thank you. Follow us on the Instagrams as well because um, when we remember, we do put updates there. We do. Chick Street underscore well. podcast. That's it. And um, if you want to email us, you can. Mychickstreet at gmail.com. The end. Hey, did you watch the Friends reunion? I haven't, no. Oh, well, let's not talk about that then. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Because I I don't know. I don't jump on things as quick as you do. I couldn't wait to watch it. Okay, what's it on? Foxtel. Okay. You've got that. Okay. Holy, holy shit, it makes you feel old. Does it? Yeah, see, maybe that's yeah. why I'm just putting it off because I don't want to feel old and sick but at the same at the time. Same, like you kind of, you kind of, you go through the gamut of emotions with it. Yeah. You're like you're very um, shocked to see them in the beginning. Yes. Of how they've aged right. and how some of them have tried not to age. <laughs> and you're like, oh, what? What's going on here? You know, I can't look away, can't look away. And then you start to get really used to how they look mm-hmm. um, and then you're fine with it. And then it starts throwing, you know, things in and um, little secrets and stuff. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. But by the end I was bawling because, oh. you know, you watch these six people yeah. having a reunion who really do have such a beautiful connection with each other yeah and when you look at them looking at themselves for 10 years having that connection you can see and them realize that it's never it's never going to be gone yeah ever there's something they can't you know get with anyone else um and it just makes you because they go through their castings like who was cast first and to last and how they got cast. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, how easy it was for some and how incredibly difficult it was for others and how, you know, some were looked at for one role and took another role, you know, like it was was great. But the one thing that even though two of the actors were already working, full full working in other sitcoms and had to choose, Mm -hmm. um, and one of them was also already well-known, not famous, famous, Courtney Cox. She was, you know, well-known already. Um, they were all working actors, young, yeah, um, broke mostly working actors mm-hmm. who just wanted to, to, to have a successful acting career. Yeah, yeah. And how when you see that, how babyish they are and mm. they came into this show and got to know each other like in the first day they were co- kind of all had to become friends yeah. for this show and then to see them at the end you, you see the stratus the stratospheric rise that happened to them yeah. that, that the yeah. way they had to cling to each other mm. even mm. Aniston says at one point you know my family were more starstruck than strangers. Yeah, right. And she said it really quickly enough. Someone else was talking at the same time. But you do notice it and it never really gets touched on. Uh-huh. But you know how she was um, estranged with her mother? Right. She was selling stories and, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Like I remember all of that happening at the time. But watching this, you, that's what got me crying was that they were just babies yeah. when they started this show together and became 
the most watched show in the world. Mm. So therefore the most um, known actors in the world and how they were just a couple of six working actors at the end of the day. They were just, you know. With no idea of how, how popular it was going to be and how it was going to blow how to deal. up and how to, yeah. How to deal yeah. with any of it, how to trust anyone ever again. Mm. You know, they only think the only people they could truly trust were it was each other. What year did they it They said start? no matter how close, um, 94 I think. Right. Yeah. Um, they were saying no matter how good your friends and family were, mm, mm. they didn't they they didn't get yes. what the other five were getting. They didn't understand it the way the other five did. Yeah. I mean, you've got to go when you go through that, you've worked on when you work with people, I mean, even just having work relationships, but when you work with people and you're that vulnerable and you're going through such a such a process with all of those people and you're, you know, sharing similar responsibility um experiences that no one else is sharing then yeah it'd be like you know um they'd be like their own limbs of each other yeah well you know being in the jungle with the people that I was in Mm. in such a odd situation Mm. um you know some of them you don't like and some of them you really like but you all have a shared connection of experience yeah and I watch now other people who've been in other seasons, how close they still are. Yeah, yeah. You know, with the people that they, it's like, well, you will always be mm. just mm. a special little connection with yeah. that particular bunch of humans that you may never really see much of. Yeah, that it actually reminds me, I watched, because, um, you know, we're in lockdown, our fourth lockdown. We've got a bit of time on our hands here in Melbourne. And <laughs> um, I watched... There's but yet sh- you still haven't watched the Friends reunion. No, haven't watched that yet because you know what I'm like. I just put things time. off until like it dies well, down. I didn't watch Game of Thrones for years and years. You're still working. I am still. It's not working. like you're in a you know lockdown like others. Yeah, I mean, so, I still you know had the weekend of lockdown, got- like everyone. Else. Yeah, but you were sick, wasn't you? And I was sick as well. So yeah, look, I've had a lot of time to watch stuff. Um, but there's a there's a documentary on the ABC called. Lucy the Human Chimp, and I love watching documentaries about primates because I'm obsessed with monkeys and chimps and gorillas and any of that primate stuff I love. So this one took my eye because um, because I, I also like the, the, the ethics of it, right? So, you know, the testing of chimps and how we, we, you know, in the 70s we did a lot of work around trying to teach chimps to sign, do sign language and yeah. become human. So this, the, the, the documentary follows a family in America who remove a baby chimp from its mother and yeah. decide to raise it as a human. And the two, they're a couple and they get all, you know, they're like this rich couple in America who decide they're going to, get this chimp and the chimp becomes their child and called Lucy. And Lucy, surprise, surprise, grows up and becomes an adult chimp. And Lucy just ends up trashing their place, like trashing their house, you know, like, yeah. um, you know, destroying like most, the, most, like most do. wild animals that are not supposed to be kept in the lounge room. Yeah. So she starts trashing the place. She also starts um, trying to mate with any male um, visitor that comes so they yeah. end up having to go, put you know think what are we going to do with Lucy 
And they've also hired a student from the local university who's doing primate studies to come and clean her cage and to basically just caretake. But she's not allowed to touch Lucy or, or be in the cage with her or anything like that. But through the cage, this woman, Janice and Lucy the chimp, form a bond. And because she goes every day to clean the cage, she ends up forming a bond with Lucy and um, they start grooming each other through the cage and bit by bit Janice starts to become to know Lucy and know her moods and all of this stuff. Anyway, when the family decide to get rid of Lucy, Janice puts her hand up and said, I'll take her to Africa to the chimp rehabilitation place and I'll look after her. She goes, she's supposed to go for eight months. They take her, they take Lucy and three other baby chimps who've also been forcibly removed from their parents, it's their mums, to a place called Baboon Island. And she's supposed to stay there for like eight months. She's like, I'll stay there for eight months and just, you know, teach Lucy how to forage and all of these things. She's not a scientist. She hadn't, she was a student. She hadn't graduated yet, whatever. She ends up staying there for eight years on this island on her own. Oh. It is unbelievable. And the bond that she shares and this woman's being interviewed and, you know, she talks about how she has to leave because one of the younger chimps that she had that had gone there to be rehabilitated the male he had become she was the dominant and then he had grown up and he becomes the dominant and he he faces her off one day and tries to basically kill her and she runs back into her little cage that she's got to protect her from whatever and she's she's she thinks well I'm done now I've been knocked down a peg or two I've got to leave because I'm not the head of the pack anymore and so yeah. she leaves the island for a year and she comes back and the reunion with Lucy, the chimp, I mean, it will have you, like the photo, there's only photographs, but the way she talks about it, it will, you will be absolutely yeah. a wreck. I was, I was bawling my oh. eyes out. It's such a beautiful story. And this woman, this amazing woman, we should do her as a chicken history because she dedicated okay. her life to the chimpanzees yep. and rehabilitating these chimpanzees. It's unbelievable. If you like that kind of stuff, I recommend it. Give it a watch. Get the Kleenex. Mm. I think I've seen that. But you? was it you and I who read this incredible book at the same time about, oh, I think maybe it was Angie and I, we read the book at the same time or maybe it was another friend about very similar but it was a fiction book. About a family? No, it wasn't me. Okay. Mm. I'm going to find it and I'm going to get you to read it because it is one of the most special books I've ever read in my life. It's fiction though. Yeah. It's incredible. It's actually very similar to that story. Right, right. Yeah, she talks a lot about, you know, just the way that they would – it's just so it's so beautiful. She she talks a lot about how they, you know, at the end of the day she said they would all walk down like, you know, it was her and by this stage I think there's like eight – chimpanzees and her on this island yeah. no no one else no other humans no nothing she had a shed and a little bed and a cooker and a she'd get food shipped in um was what was her name was it it's not Diane Fossey Janice no no it's not Diane Fossey oh. no no Janice Carter um oh, yeah but she Janice talks about Carter. how at the end of every day 
they would all walk down to the little jetty and watch the sunset. And she said, regardless mm. of of what had happened, she said if two of the chimps had had a fight or one of the chimps had bitten another chimp or one was angry with the other one, she said they all stopped, knew what time it was, all walked down mm. to watch the sunset together and by the end of the sun going down, everything had been forgotten and all of oh, the wow. relationships were reset so that you'd start wow. and she said it and she said they taught me that they taught me that that mm. was what they did in their little society I mean it just wow. well I'm definitely going to watch that what's that on ABC beautiful ABC yeah okay I'll watch that yeah. I'll yeah. watch that get back to you yeah. okay right. well into our chicken the now um yeah. did you want to sing a little song about it um yep Okay, yep. go. Chicken to now. Oh, chicken to now. Chicken to now. Oh, chicken to now. Chicken to now. Oh, chicken to now. I love you, my chicken to now. <laughs> that was beautiful. Had a bit of reggae. It started somewhere and it ended up somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, it did. It did. We it's, got- yeah. It was a mashup, all right. I loved it. Uh, so I have been obsessed with an ABC show called Backroads. I don't know if you've heard of it, Ooh. if you've seen it, if you've watched it, but I've heard dear of it. Chickstorians, yes. if you are a fan of learning about the history of this wonderful country that is Australia, um, each episode takes you on an amazing journey into some of the smallest, quaintest, most beautiful outback towns in Australia and um, you learn about the characters and the people of the town and what the town's known for. And the episode I just recently watched was the Episar Episar. What is that word? The Episar? And the ep- and the episode I just recently watched was one on Cobar. That's where you got Episar from, Cobar. Episar Cobar. Do you know what Cobar? The Cobar Episar. You-, <laughs> you remember that one? The Cobar Episar. Do you know what Cobar's famous for, Evie? Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forget though. Yeah. It's famous for, oh, oh, I forgot as well. It's, oh. um, well, come on. Oh, what is it? It's, um. um toe bars? No. Is it? What's um, that? Cobar. Oh, dancing. The metal, the metal, Monkey. the metal. Co- 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 oh, iron, iron. Copper. Cobalt. Jesus. Copper. Copper. Cobar yeah, is famous. Cobar is famous for. Copper. for Copper. Copper. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. Colour of a two-cent coin. It's a mining town. It's out in, you know, New South Wales, away from about 700-something kilometres inland from Sydney. Gosh. And I want to talk to you today about the amazing Lillian Brady. Are you sure you don't want this her to be a chick story no it's a chick in the now she will be she will be a chick in history because um she sadly recently passed away in february at the age of 90 
But she was the mayor, speaking of mayor, of mayor of Easttown, she was the mayor Mm -hmm. of Cobar for almost 23 years and she was a local councillor for almost 38 years. And she fought tirelessly for this little town. She was she received a Lifetime Achievement Award and an Order of Australia Medal in 2019 when she helped organise Australia's first Grey Mardi Gras in Cobar Great. to celebrate seniors and bring tourism oh. to the town. She is known as she was known as a straight shooter and she used to love a VB. And in this episode, she sits, she goes to the races. They go to the races, the Cobar races, not that mm. we say no to the cup, but whatever. Mm. And um, she's sitting there all dressed up to the nines in her 90s, swigging on a VB, loves a VB. <sighs> oh, and brilliant. she's having a chat to the um to the host of the show and she's like, you know, so many days she used to get up and think, oh, here we go again another day and she'd think, she'd say to herself, suck it up, princess, and just get on with it. And that yeah. was her attitude and she basically went about, she was really, really good at getting money for the small town. So yeah. when the, you know, hospital needed new beds or stuff like that, she would basically um go in and fight and fight for the town. One of her famous sayings is, I'm here for finance, not romance. I like her. So her name is Lillian Brady. Brady. She's the mayor Aww. of Cobar and, yeah, she recently passed away in Aww, uh, this year Lillian at the Brady? age of 90. Funnily enough, my chicken history today is a woman called Lillian Brady. <laughs> Are you too sick to get jokes today? You, you're <laughs> shit. Do it again. Yeah, that took you three seconds. No, we're not doing that again. Oh, it- that was so good. You were like, you actually looked at your computer to see. You were like. <laughs> I think that's that's who I just <laughs> you still weren't getting it until I was killing myself uh, laughing. You got me. She got oh, me. I got you good. Yeah. I shouldn't be so I shouldn't be so quick when you're so sick. Oh, you just made a rhyme. I know. Anyway, I over did. to you. Who's your chicken history? <laughs> Today my chicken history is Rosalind Franklin. Mm. A lot of people know about Rosalind Franklin, but some people don't. No, actually, can I just say some people know about Rosalind Franklin, and but a lot of people don't. Okay. she She's actually the quintessential chicken history. Like she's the kind of woman who people are like, oh, did you ever hear about the woman that invented, you know, DNA's double helix? And you're oh. like, yeah, I have. That, that was a woman. Like, And they're like, yeah. I knew, you know, yeah. she's that woman. Okay. So you've a lot of people have kind of heard of her. Um, she, she to me, was someone that I've been meaning to do since season one right. of this podcast. Um, but she's not that fascinating. Okay, but you'll <laughs> so make she's it not, fascinating. She's, yeah, I'll say it with a lot of intonation. Please do. So yeah. that'd be great. Even though she could. may not be that fascinating. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a Look, fucking great. It's it's really important we're that we setting, know about this woman. We're setting expectations. Okay. Yeah. You know what? There are some nerds out there that are going to fucking love this shit. Yeah. Oh. So and there's I'm some sure non-nerds everyone will who love might it. love it as well yeah. because of my intonations. Rosalind Franklin made a crucial contribution to the discovery of the double helix structure of DNA. Wow. And some would say she got a bum deal. Hmm. Biographer Brenda Maddox called her the dark lady of DNA. Oh. Based on a once disparaging reference to Franklin by one of her co-workers. Unfortunately, this negative call undermined the positive impact of her discovery. She did one thing like negative and that then Mm. just writes everything. Yeah. She's hysteric. She was really thrown into, you know, thrown into nups, the the negative pile. Mm. Franklin was really quite thrown into the shadows of science history. For while her work on DNA was crucial to the discovery of its structure, her contribution to that landmark discovery is not well known. Yeah. So people do know that she had something to do with double helix. Right. But they're just like, "Mm, she was a mole. She probably just (laughs) made tea while the men came up with the science. So let's find out a little bit more about her. Come on. She was born on July 25 in 1920 in London to a wealthy Jewish family who valued education and public service. At age 18, she enrolled at Newnham's Women's College at Cambridge University, where she studied physics and chemistry. After Cambridge, she went to work for the British Coal Utilisation Research Association, Mm -hmm. where her work on the porosity of coal became her PhD. Porous. Porosity, Uh, is that right? Por- yeah, porosity. Poros- so I guess How porous, porous it is. Yeah. No, it mm. wasn't with a U. There's no U in there. So oh. I don't know what porosity means. Do you want me to look it up? Please do. Porosity, the quality of degree of having minute spaces or holes through which liquid or air may pass. Yeah, porous. So, yeah, porous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It became her PhD thesis and later it would allow her to travel the world as a guest speaker. In 1946, Franklin moved to Paris where she perfected her skills in X-ray crystallography, which would become her life's work. Mm. Although she loved the freedom and lifestyle of Paris, she returned after four years to London to accept a job at King's College. Franklin worked hard and played hard. We thought this was going to be boring. I just love how, you know, back in those days we talk about these people just going, oh, they just went to Paris for a couple of years and then they went to Berlin and then they went back to, like, this was back in, like, what, the 50s and 50s, like even before that when we talk about people even. yeah. yeah. Like that was a big deal that they were, you know, going yeah. to all these different countries, and it's so easy just to say, you know. But they I probably know, it were wasn't on a an ship easy thing to do for well, months. Yeah, if you weren't on a ship, you were on a train. Yeah, like, I know. I think it's just traveling for a really long time. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. travel back in those days would have been. I mean, it's such a anyway. Sorry. Yeah, it, yeah. I I think of that as well. Mm. So she uh, she was an in- intrepid traveler and an avid hiker mm-hmm. with a great love of the outdoors who enjoyed spirited discussions of science and politics. Friends and close colleagues considered Franklin a brilliant scientist 
and a kind-hearted woman. However, she could also be short, short-tempered and stubborn. I think she was a Torian. She sounds like me. Yeah, she's she's a Torian. And some fellow scientists found working with her to be a challenge. She is you. <laughs> <laughs> See, if she was a man, no one would have said anything like that no. about her, would they? No, no. Among them was Morris Wilkins, the man she was to work with at King's College. A misunderstanding resulted in immediate friction between Wilkins and Franklin, and their clashing personalities served to deepen the divide. The two were to work together on finding the structure of DNA, but their conflicts led them to working in relative isolation. While this suited suited Franklin, Wilkins went looking for company at the Cavendish Laboratory in Cambridge where his Mm. friend Francis Crick was working with James Watson Mm. on building a model of the DNA molecule. Mm -hmm. Unknown to Rosalind, Watson and Crick saw some of her unpublished data, including the beautiful Photo 51. That's what she's quite well known for. They didn't fucking steal it, did they? Stay with me. Shown to Watson by Wilkins. This X-ray diffraction picture of a DNA molecule was Watson's inspiration. The pattern was clearly a helix. Mm-hmm. Using Franklin's photograph and their own data, Watson and Crick created their famous DNA model. Franklin's Her contribution. Photograph. Photo, yeah. Yeah. So her contribution was not acknowledged. No. Not until after her death, Crick said that her contribution had been critical. No. Not till after her death. (laughs) Franklin moved to Birkbeck College where, ironically, she began working on the structure of the tobacco mosaic virus. Tobacco mosaic virus, Mm -hmm. I knew you were going to ask, so I'd already looked it up. Thank you. Is a positive sense single-stranded RNA virus species in the genus Tobamovirus that infects a wide range of plants, especially tobacco and other members of the family Solonacanacanacanae. I don't know how to pronounce that. That's close enough. Building on research that Watson had done before his work on DNA. During the next few years, she did some of the best and most important work of her life and she travelled the world talking about coal and virus structure. Riveting stuff. (laughs) However, just as her career was peaking, it was cut tragically short when she died of ovarian cancer at the age of 37 oh. on the 16th of April 1958 in Chelsea in London. Oh, such a short life. Such a short life and such a valuable contribution. Yes. She just simply, so she, yeah, what I was saying, I didn't want to ruin it in the beginning was how much she was one of those very crucial women that we often would think about when we thought of do, doing this podcast, the women who were Overlooked. written out of history. Yeah. They're just written out of the books. Yes, yeah, yeah. They yeah. weren't included. Yes. Um, and there would be so many history books about DNA and she wouldn't be in them. She just wouldn't be in them. Yeah, not even, yeah, you know, not even given a mention of. No. Yeah, I mean we've done a few of those, you know, like the, the women mm, who. We have. Um the nuclear, nuclear remember I couldn't say that word, nuclear, nuclear, yeah. nuclear, the 
bomb yep. one. Yep. Um, yep. Miriam. Mariam? Yeah. Mariam yeah, just written, just yep. just didn't, no, they didn't contribute at all, but we're just going to take this and we're going to steal it um, yep. and we're going to yep. say it was our idea. Yeah. So thanks. Do you see my face? I can see your face. It's not good. It's like there's a fart up in here. That's what that face is like. Okay. Um. We honour her for having that famous photograph called Picture 30, 51. Picture 51 was hers. Yes. And yep. without it, it was crucial to their to their finding of um, the DNA. And imagine if... And what do we do with DNA today? I was just about to say, imagine if we didn't have DNA today. Unbelievable. I mean, the amount of, you know, because I love a bit of crime, the amount of crimes that are now being sold, sold, because of DNA. Solved. Yeah. Um, because of DNA, you know, these cold cases that have been shut for 40 years that are being solved yeah. because of DNA is incredible. Yeah. I was speaking to a friend of mine. Her dad used to be um, a policeman, I think maybe a sergeant, maybe a detective. Mm. He he did pretty well and he there was a few reasons why he left, um, but he remembers the Luna Park ghost fire train ghost train fire debacle mm, and all that kind mm. of thing and you know he just had such a hard time working with the men that he had to work with and the corruption that was going on in the 70s but she was saying the other day one of the, one of the things that really was hard for him was the budgets that yeah. police were given mm. to solve cases so she said to me why do you think there's so many cold cases mm. Mm. they just if they didn't solve them, they weren't given any more budget. They were like told, well, tough titties, you know, you didn't solve it. It ran out of money now. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, just in- incredible how many cold cases there are because yes. of, of that, because of that. And now we have DNA. Yeah. You know, it's now just a race against time to f- try to prosecute mm. um, criminals mm. who aren't dead yet. Yeah. From cold cases. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because he met, there's so many, so many. Yeah. That like can the now Golden be... Gate killer that, you know, got jailed at such an, a late age. The um, Golden State killer? Golden State killer. The, um, <laughs> um, yeah, so important. And again, a woman who has come up with, with the, um, the, you know, the foundation, the idea, and then yeah. bloody well, stuff. Yeah, it's just. It's so it's so frustrating that it, it, the reasons it's always the same reason that women are removed from integral parts of a story because they're women. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It was it's just they're either replaced with a man or the whole part of it is just removed with her. Because mm-hmm. if the, I I guarantee you, I bet my bottom dollar that if that was a man bottom who dollar. came up with that photograph, yeah. they would have worked in partnership and it would have been yeah. something that they had it would both. Have been the um, yeah, exactly. You know. Well, that's great. Thank you for sharing that story today, Evie Jones. Very welcome. Rosalind Franklin. Rosalind, we salute you. We salute you. Look at you, you've got to the end. So if you're still listening, I'm just going to give you a few little credity bits. Executive producers of this podcast is me, Evie Jones, and of course, Annie Potatoes. 
But we've also got Sam Peterson. He's our producer, our editor, our wine boy, our whipping boy. He does everything. And he's also got a great podcast called Confessions of the Idiots. You know, if you all listen to us, we appreciate you. Follow us on Instagram at chickstreet underscore podcast. And you can email us at mychickstreet at gmail.com. <laughs>